Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And you found a place where math is not about memorizing and mimicking, waiting to be told or shown what to do, but it's about making sense of problems, noticing patterns, and reasoning using mathematical relationships. We can mentor students to think and reason like mathematicians. Not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching mathematics, but y'all, rotely repeating steps actually keeps students from being the mathematicians they can be. So there are some times where we learn some hard lessons as teachers, right? Um, and so today we've learned some lessons. Um, so today we wanted to share about something that we learned a while back that we think might be especially helpful to you listeners. Yeah. So we want to make sure that we are clear that we're learning all the time. And when you know better, mm -hmm. you do better. So yep. I thought we'd share something with you today. We had... Uh, Kim and I worked together. She was a, a teacher in my kids' school. My kids were, you know, I was working with teachers, doing some professional learning. My kids were at the school. And at one point, I realized that one of the teachers had videoed her students in second grade. And then one of the, uh, then I, I went back and I grabbed some students to video solving some problems in um, fourth grade. And at some point, I realized I had some of the same students in that teacher's second grade video who had grown up and then I had videoed in fourth grade. And I said, oh, cool, I'm going to go grab some of those kids and I'm going to video them in fifth grade because they were doing such good math. And I was so excited about what was happening. I wanted to kind of show that longitudinal growth, you know, how excited it was. And it was fabulous um, when you could see what these kids had done in second and then when you could see what they were doing in fourth. And so I was so excited to get them in fifth grade. And at that time, I, I went, I grabbed some of the students. I went into uh, a place. I had a camera. And I sat down with Jordan. So Jordan's one of uh, these students that we'd videoed in second, we'd videoed in fourth. And so I said, hey, can I video you? Um, I had permission from mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he sits down and I gave him a fifth grade-ish division problem. And I was super curious to see in fourth grade, I had him doing multiplication. In second grade, I had him doing addition and subtraction. So in fifth grade, I'm like, division, this is great. So I said, okay, Jordan, here is how solve this problem. and as I watched him solve the problem, he, well, first of all, he wasn't doing a lot of solving. He was doing a lot of sweating. So he kind of fussed <laughs> yeah. and he sort of drew this up arrow and this down arrow on the paper. And 
you know, I had this video from second and fourth grade where he was calm and confident and real, you know, he just would, would start explaining his thinking. Um, I should say he would always pause because he's a real thoughtful kid. He would pause and think, but, but very confidently, you know, in second and fourth grade in fifth grade, it was like instant, almost panic, like nervous, like, and, and I kind of looked at him and, and I knew that he'd had you for third and fourth grade. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a little weird for me that I kind of saw I kind of saw him like it looked like he was kind of reaching in rote memory and that wasn't what I was used to. Yeah. Oh, I remember this so well. Um <laughs> and and I and I think that's and that's so real, right? We get asked questions all the time about like if I'm doing kind of this thing, if I'm if I'm building numeracy in my classroom, like what happens when my kids go on, right? So teachers will say like, will my kids be prepared? Did I do a good enough job? It's a super real concern. And I also think there's something to this about how we often hear that people will say that their job in their year is to get kids ready for the next year. So like as a fourth grade teacher, we'll hear teachers say like, my job is to prepare you for fifth grade or like my job is to get you ready for the future. And, And that wasn't ever really a concern for me. Like I feel like if I'm a fourth grade teacher, my job is to get you ready for fourth grade, right? Like we're, we're in this year to get you prepared. Do the fourth grade year. stuff. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I, I wasn't like my job this year is to get you ready for next year. Like that just seems crazy to me, but I wasn't worried about that. I cared about this job and it wasn't about prepping, but I did care about the kids. Absolutely. So, yeah. um, so it was interesting to me because I knew what you had done. We'd been working together. I knew how you taught your class. And I also was clear that the fifth grade teacher he had would come to the mandatory workshops I was doing with teachers, but would, was also not having it. So she, at least she would, at least she was clear on that. She wasn't sort of under the, you know, clandestinely like, sure, yeah. I'll do your thing. And then not, she was like, no, I don't believe in what you're saying. I believe in teaching kids algorithms and uh, drilling them on the steps, that's going to do, that's going to hold them in better stead over time. And so I kind of knew that while I was um, interviewing Jordan. And so I, when I looked at him, I said, Hey Jordan, uh, like, what are you doing? And he goes, okay. So my teacher said that um, if it's a big number and that's why he'd drawn the up, the the up arrow and a small number and he'd drawn the down arrow. And he's like, is that when you, is that when you multiply? And I was like, Oh, it's a rote memorized thing. Okay, there's like some yeah. trick that she's taught him based on the size of the numbers. That's the operation you do. And I said, <laughs> Hey Jordan, can can you just think about the problem? I will never forget this moment. He just took a deep breath and he was like, Oh gosh, is it is it okay to just think? Mm-hmm. My teacher told me I had to memorize this stuff. And I was like, um, like, no, like absolutely. So I I, I smiled at him, I said, Jordan, just think. And he did like Yes. And then he, he then did a very fourth grade, excellent strategy to solve that problem. And in that moment, what I realized was she could have taken him from that great fourth grade place. And her job was to then, you know, like help him do that problem in a fifth grade way, fifth grade, more sophistication. And so in that moment, I realized that Kim, I almost, uh, we talked about it, right? Like what did, what yeah. did you and I realize when I came and I talked to you about Jordan? What did, what did we both, we kind of were like, Oh yeah. Well, well, I think we both knew where he was headed. We realized that we needed to spend the time. I needed to spend the time 
sending the message to my students that no matter what your teacher next year tells you, math is still figure outable, right? Like we, we mm-hmm. knew that he wasn't mm-hmm. going to get developed further, but he had enough in him that he could still do some thinking. And so, so I think the message that we received at that moment was I could have said, done my job in fourth grade. Let me give you a little heads up about fifth grade. Like, let me tell you uh, what you might encounter. And that heads up could have really made a difference for them, right? We could have, they could have, we could have said like, you might see more algorithms. You might see less conversation. You experience math the way that we did it this year, but not all classrooms might look like that. But you can feel good about the experiences that we had this year and think about math this way, even if you're in a place where they don't. Yeah, it's so important. And it's interesting how we just kind of had, you know, we, we you had prepared the kids so well in their mathematizing and the way they were thinking and reasoning, but just that one little message of no matter what you see next year, no matter what your teacher says, if your teacher says, hey, you need to memorize this, you could say, I bet it's figure outable. Like yeah. you could dive in and, and do your best to actually figure it out. Yeah. 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 And, so and sometimes, sometimes the, the, the teacher that they're moving into just doesn't know. Right. And it's a really cool opportunity for our students who are moving forward to be confident and to like share their thinking and say, you know, I, I actually thought about it this way. Sometimes the next year teacher is just not aware of what you know and what you're doing. Sometimes it's, that's not true. Sometimes they're, you know, they're steadfast and I don't believe what you believe. Sometimes those kids can nudge teachers along as well. They just have to know Absolutely. that it's a thing that they can do. Yeah. And so thank you for saying that because um, I don't want to give the impression that I'm, th- that I would want to send the message at the end of the year, Hey, your teacher next year is going to suck. And you've got to yeah. usually use that word. Uh, you know, they're, <laughs> they're, 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 they're going to be this horrible person. That's going to force you not to think. I don't, I don't want to do that at all. I'm not suggesting that in yeah. any way. I want, um, like you said, in a very positive way, hey, you can you can think and you can use yeah. relationships to reason and you can share that thinking. And even if next year you might see, uh, you might be in a situation where they say, hey, memorize this, you can still figure it out. You know, their, their yeah. math is always figure outable and you can do your best to to share that message next year with confidence because, y'all, you're figuring out this year. Right. Yeah, uh, in a very respectful um, way, we acknowledge that when you said some and some, I'm like, may- maybe most teachers haven't yet had the experience to know how to to either know that math is figure outable or to know how to yeah. teach math that's figure outable. It's why we're trying to spread that word, right? Like, I certainly yeah. didn't know it until I dove into all the research and did all the experimenting and met people like you that that helped me figure out I could actually reason about math. And so yeah, it's not about being honorary towards next year's teacher at all. It's it's right. about helping equip students to know that they are thinking mathematically and they can continue to do so. Yeah. So two important takeaways that we think that you could listen to this story and, and go from our listeners today. The first one, I think, is it's okay to take the mindset that that I took and that some of my colleagues took that you don't need to worry so much about next year. Your, your job is to do this year. Well, get your kids, um, super 
involved in rich mathematics and given the experiences, if you are overly worried about next year and getting them prepared all the time, take a deep breath and focus on knocking this year out of the park because that's your mandate. Nice. And number two, take your experience from this year into next year. Tell your students, tell your students, take what you've learned here, take the the relationships and connections and conversations and the way that you are mathing, take that experience into next year. You can still ask questions. You can still think. You can still use strategies. Math is still figure outable. Mm -hmm. All right. So Kim, Kim, what do you want next year's teacher to know? If you you you're thinking oh, wow. like okay, if I could if I could sit down with next year's teacher, uh-huh. what would you want him to know? Oh my, that's a that's a big question. So if I could if I could talk to next year's teacher, I would say this year in this class, we worked on developing relationships so that these strategies that you'll see my students doing become natural outcomes, right? I want to give them a picture of what these kids had this year so that they have an understanding of what kids are coming with. We, we want them to like hold stuff longer, right? This, this idea that you dump stuff in and then they hang it onto it for a little while and then it comes out of their brains is not acceptable. So we want them to hold stuff longer. We want them to have more stamina. So they're more productive. Like those are the kinds of mathematical behaviors that we worked on this year. And I think it's fair for the next year teacher to know, but also it's an opportunity to say like, maybe, maybe adopt a little bit of that because these kids were super successful at thinking and reasoning this year. Hey, Kim, say a little bit more about hold stuff longer. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I think a lot of teachers will experience that you can do some tricks and you can do some, some quick fixes and kids can, can memorize some things for a bit. But then when time goes on, that stuff typically falls out of their heads, right? And so that's part of the dilemma where year after year after year, we're saying the same things about what kids have difficulty with. So we want to interrupt that. We want to give them richness and deepness and understanding so that they can move forward mathematically and not just repeat these same things over and over again. Uh, nice. Nice. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So does that look somewhat when you're talking to that next year's teacher, does that, if I'm trying to imagine, clarify for me that you might say as a fourth grade teacher, you might say, Hey, we, this is what we did with division this year. We, we really approached it very multiplicatively kid. Yeah. You, uh, when a student student is looking at a division problem, they might say, Ooh, I'm, I'm thinking about how many of the divisors and the dividend. And so they might multiply up in some ways and you might see Many students make great choices about the the numbers they start with. Like they're going to take out big chunks all at once, or they might even they might even go a little over and then have to compensate under, and that's fantastic. Yeah. But some of the students are still working on smaller chunks, and they're working towards that idea of making better choices. And so know that when you give students a division problem, here's what you're not going to see next year's teacher. You're not going to see them draw the housetop and start mm-hmm. just robotically doing a bunch of steps. So, so in that moment, when you don't see that, what you can do is say, what are you thinking about? Tell me how you're approaching this problem and get them get help, help those students tell you what they're thinking about. In other words, next year's teacher, 
if I'm wrong, let me know, but I'm anticipating you're going to expect that when a student see a multiplication pro- or a division problem, that they're going to instantly start doing the long division algorithm or mm-hmm. what maybe what you you learned in, in, in school is that you might be inclined to then go, oh, you don't know to divide, divide. And when the kid doesn't immediately draw the house top, you're going to say, oh, well, here, let me show you. And you're going to draw yep. the house top. And when the kid goes, what? And then you're like, oh my gosh, didn't the teacher last year teach you anything? Yep. Then may I just respectfully, next year's teacher, suggest to you, oh, they know a lot. But let me yep. let me give you some um, some ways that they are thinking about division. They might they might be thinking like this. So ask them, and and then and then it'd be wonderful if you could help them make better choices, bigger choices about the way uh, that they're um, dividing. Does that make sense, Kim? Is that yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It, it's all about communication, right? It's about digging into what kids know, and if the if the this year's teacher can help the next year's teacher have a better understanding of what kids do know, then everybody wins. Um, and, and I'll add to that, you know, we're, we're kind of at the end of a school year and for, for some of us, like I'm at the end of the school year. And I was thinking that if I were in the classroom today, I think that one of the things that I would try to arrange with next year's teachers is to come in my room and do, do some math with my kids like we would and have them be observers so that in the safe space that my students are in right now, where they're communicating and they're working and they're partnering and they're sharing their thinking and strategies, the next year's teachers can hear it and they can see it. And it's not um, like, I just think that the next year's teacher would have a different mindset of asset based, like, oh, I see these kids doing these things and maybe I'm not super familiar with it. And maybe it's, maybe it's not like traditional looking but I hear them talking mm-hmm. about what they mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah, I just think that would be a great way to end the year. Like, hey, th- these are the oh kids that are coming to you. This is what they do. That is such an amazing, amazing idea. Because I can't tell you the number of well-meaning, wonderful teachers I've talked to who say, these kids these kids can't do anything. And when I dig yeah. into that, I, I said, you know, wh- give me an example. And they're like, oh, it's a multiplication problem. And they just start like writing down some some things off to the side and I don't even know what they're doing because this is what I'm expecting to see. And right. what they're expecting right. to see, and no fault of their own, is the traditional algorithm for a problem like that. And when they don't see it, then they immediately assume students don't know anything. I have to reteach that algorithm. And so if they had a chance to see those kids doing whatever the thing is in a really sophisticated ways for fourth grade, then they could be like, oh, okay. So I don't, I, I that might cause a, a whole other conundrum. You're like, well, then what do I yeah. do in fifth grade when we have bigger, badder numbers? Um, and then, and then y'all send them to our developing mathematical reasoning workshop or send them, like, yeah. to, you yeah. know, get, them, get them, get them hooked up with the podcast. You know, lots of ways that then you could say, oh, well, if you want to know how you could take these kids and grow them, I'm happy to, um, you know, uh, give you some resources. Yeah, that, right, that's super right. cool. I think it boils down to communication, right? You're communicating with your students. This, this, what we do here, you can carry on to the next year. And then communicating mm-hmm. with your partner teachers, this is what my students have have been doing for a year. Uh, I think it's mm-hmm. worthwhile for you to know. Yeah, absolutely. So Kim, yeah. To finish um, a little part of this Jordan story. So Jordan was our student that we talked about at the beginning of the yeah. podcast who Love him. was thinking yep. and reasoning in second, third, fourth grade. And 
then when I um, interviewed him in, in fifth grade, was like, oh, I just like memorizing up arrow, down arrow. My teacher told me I had to memorize it. And I said, no, no, no just think about it. And he's like, can I just, can I just think? And we sent him from then saying, mm -hmm. math is still figure outable. You can yep. still figure out math. You do not have to rote memorize. In sixth grade, I went back and I wanted to grab some of those kids that we had in second and fourth mm -hmm. and then fifth grade. And I wanted to see how were they doing in sixth grade. Y'all, I grabbed Jordan again. And I sat down with Jordan. And before um, we actually sat down to do the video, um, I, I I knew his sixth grade teacher a little bit. And I said, hey, Mr. Jimenez, how's it going? Could I grab Jordan for just about five minutes out in the hall? We're just going to do a quick video. He knew I was coming, um, but he didn't know quite the time and everything. So I was like, and, and Jordan. And it was near the beginning of the school year. Um, not not the exact beginning, but you know, kind of near the beginning. And I wasn't even sure if he you know, knew a lot about Jordan yet or anything. And he said, oh, Jordan, yeah, yeah, he's a great kid. Man, that kid mathematizes. This is fantastic. I pulled Jordan out. We have a super video of Jordan doing a fantastic division problem with a slick, very sophisticated strategy with a big old smile on his face as if math is still figure outable. I mean, yeah. this kid went on to do great things, including taking calculus his senior year, um, all all because I think he had a fantastic background um, where he, he learned to think and reason. And then we sent him on with the message that math is figure outable. So uh, props to you, Kim, for the fanta oh, fantastic thanks. foundation. Also, he had Stephanie Lugo for uh, second grade. I'm trying to think. Yep. She's the one that videoed him in second grade. So yep. super props to the teachers that really gave him that foundation that he was then able to build on. Um, after that, it was amazing. Yeah. Well, all right, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, say that one more time. I said thank you for teaching us the best. Oh, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> cool. Hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning. Oh, wow. I can do this. Thanks for tuning <laughs> in and teaching more and more real math. To find out more about the Math Is Figure Outable movement, visit mathisfigureoutable.com. Let's keep spreading the word that math is figure outable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figureoutable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.